You're listening to the Aligned Action Podcast, the show that helps baffled beginners and even experienced entrepreneurs set intentions, attract ideal clients, and make meaning and money using real-life examples, an interactive teaching style, and in-episode experiences. I'm your host, Chantelle, an educator-turned-web designer and aligned business mentor at Clear Quartz Creative. Together, we'll get past your playing small patterns and transform your all-over-the-place ideas into exciting possibilities so you can get the clarity you want, have the alignment you need, and embody the steps to grow your business your way. So take a deep breath, settle in with intention, and let's get into today's episode. Hi, and welcome to the October 2022 Alignment Report. I'm talking to you today all about what felt right for me in the month of October, what didn't feel so right and what didn't go so well, and some of my most meaningful actions that really helped me to move the needle forward in my business. I'm going to jump right into what felt aligned. In October, I actually got ahead on my email newsletters and I sent every one of them out on the right day and the right time. And it took me a full year to achieve this. It took me a full year to get four emails sent out on a specific date and time without forgetting a single one. Not a terribly difficult outcome, right? Like it's not so hard. In the first few years of my business, I would have been an absolute snob about this. And I would have thought to myself, oh my God, how hard could it be to just get it done? But now having gone through years of swells of motivations, ups and downs, and energetic ups and downs. I get it. It hits different for me now because sometimes it's hard to do the things. So if you think that you are supposed to be good at everything in business right away or right now, listen to that little bit again. Just rewind. Sometimes it's hard to do the things. And when you think about it, one email It sounds like one email, but it actually requires so much. You have to write the email, you have to write the subject line, you have to come up with the concept. For me, I have to figure out the concept, I have to film, I have to edit the GIF because I always send a GIF in every one of my newsletters. I have to write and put links into my currently section. I have to grab a fresh testimonial to include. It takes a long time to script and record and edit and publish a podcast episode, which I link to inside the weekly email, etc. So This is actually a bundled task. It's not just one email. It's that whole list of tasks. And I think a lot of our things in business are actually bundled tasks. So it makes sense that organizing all of these things consistently might sometimes be hard to do for all of us. So when you notice yourself criticizing yourself for not getting something done, please ask yourself, is this a bundled task? Really unpack it all and think what actually needs to get done What are all the things that need to get done in order for that one thing to get done? This awareness allows you to just show yourself some more kindness, some more compassion. And then also when you do celebrate the win, you give yourself full credit for the entire bundle task and not just the final outcome. So for me in October, sending out four newsletters on the right time, on the right day, that was a win for me. It felt very aligned. Another piece of alignment is all of October essentially for me was focused on the focus group for FACET. I wanted to give you an in-depth look at this process because it's something I think that people do sometimes in the online space in the form of like a beta launch, that kind of thing. We don't actually talk very much about the market research process. I thought I would just shed some light on that in this episode. To give you some backstory, I first enrolled people into the focus group back in May, June. 
I think. And then the product that became Facet evolved over a few months. When the print issue was first complete, I ordered a set of them and I mailed them out to each person who said they had been interested in being in the focus group. If they were interested in the focus group, they had to commit to three parts. One was a group call, one an individual 15 minute call, and one feedback form. Then I split up the groups into four smaller groups, and it actually turned out that the most productive groups were the ones that had me plus two participants. They were able to use more of their time to expand on their ideas, expand on other people's ideas without worrying about being too conscious of taking up too much of the group's time, I think. That's my theory. Probably because like when I'm in a group of five, I know I'm trying to make sure that I don't take more than 20% of the time. That's just how my brain works. Groups that had more people seemed a little bit less effective just because people didn't have enough time to really expand on their ideas. They were giving shorter answers, so they weren't as deep of answers. During the sessions, I had my transcription app, Otter, take notes for me so that I could be present and I didn't have to worry about note-taking. I had a different list of 10 questions or so for each group so that I can have slightly different wording and I guess like suggestibility (laughs) to each set of participants because I'm trying to get at slightly different answers. After the calls, I went over the transcripts, I moved each of the answers into a spreadsheet and that way they're all categorized. I'm more of a visual processor so it's better for me to see all of the words organized this way and then be able to refer back to the words when I need them when I'm sorting out my marketing. I let everyone know in the group that after 10 days or so I'd be reaching out to them and I used my CRM, I used Dubsado to set up a scheduler for this 15-minute chat and then I linked that directly to the feedback form so those are the last two components for the focus group, it was important for me to make it simple for them. So I did it this way to save them a step where they could book the call, fill out the form all at the same time. And then after having a few of these calls, I realized that the individual calls weren't really very necessary because I had all the feedback that I needed. So I ended up just telling people that it was okay, that all they had to do was the form and they didn't need to book the call with me anymore. So I liked being able to adapt the process as I went and not have it be this fixed thing. Over the month in October, I took all the feedback that people gave and I made changes to the final product. And I was lucky that everything that the focus group participants suggested actually did feel very aligned for me. There was only one suggestion that I didn't action on because it's just not the right time, but I'm going to put that on my list for future. I felt really lucky to have a group that picked up on these things and gave me amazing suggestions and put in some focused work so that future issues and future readers can really get the best out of it. So one of the ways that I knew that the feedback and the edits were aligned for me is that the flow of completing the edits was very easy. I had no snags. I had, I didn't feel any, I didn't feel annoyed as I made the changes. I just noticed and it was good for me to have this kind of gut check as I went through the edits. Just like, I think we don't talk necessarily enough about how we know when things are aligned. I'm a sacral authority in human design. So for me, it's all about the sacral response. So it's a gut check kind of thing. I just noticed that as I was going through that it all felt very positive for me. So the aligned changes that I made, the list of edits that I made is this. I added some QR codes to lead directly to templates because people said, I like this, but I'm never gonna take the time to make it for myself. So I added that. The print issue did not lay flat just because I picked this really luxurious paper because I wanted it to feel fancy. But then when they arrived in real life, they didn't lay flat, which made them hard to actually write in. So I changed the weight of the paper to fix 
that problem. I had feedback that the table of contents seemed a little bit odd to be at the place where it was, so I made it appear sooner. So I changed the order of my beginning section. There were a few wording changes and typo changes that I made, less than I would have thought actually, but there were still a few. I made my one VIP ad more informative. So I gave just more information about what the VIP service really is. And I added that into the ad. I also added some qualifying information so people could figure out more easily if VIP was for them or if not. I gave some sample results for the quiz that's located in the, in the first issue of Facet to help people with self-assessment, to help them figure out where it is exactly that they're at. And also to just up that nostalgia factor of having quiz results on a quiz like like we did when we were reading them when we were teenagers. I had a suggestion to add in some more text milestones, to use bolding, to use italicizing to break up the text. I went through the entire issue and did that and bolded the main points just to make it easier for skimmers to experience it and also to find the most important information. Feedback on readability, I changed the text color of just about everything to like exclusively just black text just to increase that readability. I added some definitions to key terms early in the issue just to clear up any confusion. I added a whole section designed specifically for entrepreneurs who only have a few clients or have like a small roster of retainer clients. I made it more simple for them to be able to implement the action items in the issue. And then I also made one of the mock-ups instructions more clear. So I just added some labels onto the mock-up to make it a little bit more obvious what it is that I'm asking people to implement. I am so grateful to everyone who participated in the group for sharing these issues with me so that I was able to fix them. Together, now we've been able to make the final product so much more usable. What's next now is collecting the feedback from the questionnaires and allowing that to influence my launch content, influence my copy. And then you're going to start hearing episodes on the podcast on the topic of social proof in the next months as Facet opens for pre-order and for subscription. So little recap on what Facet even is. Facet is a course experience that you can hold in your hands like a magazine. So I'm calling it like a hybrid course slash magazine. And the very first issue is all about reviews and testimonials, how to get them, how to use them, how to make the whole thing a lot less awkward, and how to use what in essence turns out to be social stories. That's what Social Proof really is. It's stories of customers and clients enjoying and loving the transformation of your services. How to make selling your services a lot easier for you by using these stories. That's the direction that the podcast is going in. Because the issues are going to be quarterly, there's going to be a longer stretch of time where I'm able to focus on one specific topic in the podcast. And so the podcast is going to be able to become more educational again and less just me giving you alignment reports every month. So I'm excited to be able to start creating content that has that sort of focus and gives me time to dive deeper into better education. Last little bit on Facet here, another point of alignment is that I did also pay a consultant to audit the product. It's my first time doing this 
I have never had an offer vetted before or checked over. The reason why I did this, the reason I spent this money and invested in this is that I could feel that I'm very emotionally committed to this offer. I wanted to have a few more checks and balances just to make sure that I'm making solid decisions about it. This time around, I just needed that accountability and I was willing to pay for it. I'm okay with that. I felt like I was able to respond to what I needed because my independent streak is always going to feel like, hey, I can do this on my own. But it was really good for me to have an outside perspective. I would describe myself as someone who has a knack for creating offers that people need, but don't know that they want. And that creates a disconnect whenever I go to sell whatever I've recently created. Even if it's an excellent product, I can struggle with the messaging and the positioning of my own things. Although I was already validating it inside the focus group, I also wanted a perspective from someone else, someone else that I can trust. I wanted to know first if my idea was any good, then I wanted to know how I could make it even better, and then lastly, I wanted to know how I could get it to sell. I decided to work with Steph Crowder in her yet-to-be-named audit offer. I'll link to Steph in the show notes so you can go and check her out. I chose Steph because of her personal success with sales. Uh, She has a lot of years of experience and she has a lot of big connections with big players. That just, it helps me to trust that she's going to give me her honest opinion on whether she thought the product was salesworthy and then that also she'd be able to reflect back to me the main benefits and messages. So I didn't really know that this actually existed out in the world. I just put out some questions to some people and I asked Steph if she'd be willing to do this and it turns out that this is an offer that she's had in the works already. So it is possible to hire someone to just have a look at what it is that you're offering and have them give you their opinion. So Steph audited Facet and she gave me advice on a lot of things like the messaging, the marketing strategy, market fit, pricing. She highlighted what she thought was great about Facet in five or so pages of notes and she filmed a video explaining just what she thought about it. And then we went back and forth in Voxer where she helped me make decisions that I needed to make in order to move forward. So because it's so easy for me to prioritize creating over selling, I can run into trouble there. Steph totally caught that and she suggested a few really key swaps that are going to help me to balance that tendency and give Facet a good foundation of subscribers and sales. Basically, she gave me the advice to slow down and focus on selling facet well rather than rush to be constantly creating new issues. I went from feeling like a little bit confident that facet was good to feeling very reassured of its value and its growth potential. I joked with her that I got like the Steph Crowder stamp of approval out of this which hey sometimes we need because entrepreneurship doesn't always give us the opportunities to get feedback and to bounce things off of other people. This was a really positive experience where I was able to get that. Shifting now into what was not aligned in October. From what you've heard so far, it probably sounds like everything was aligned. It was a perfect month. But for as many aligned work days as there were, there were also a lot of days of nothingness. Because my capacity is lower than it used to be, I need more time to just sit and be. It's hard for me because I identify so much as a doer. I like to move fast. I like to accomplish things. I want to achieve, achieve, achieve. And slowing down is not usually fun for me. But who I am right now, that version of me, I just need that. A lot of my work is 
allowing myself this space and this rest and trying to not throw up too much resistance. Filling in some of the space with some non-work things is one way that I'm handling this tendency of mine. I'm gonna tell you more about that though in the meaningful actions category, but just important to note here, like work was not always aligned for me in October. I did take a lot of days where I just sat and some of those aren't planned. It's not like I intentionally thought I'm gonna take this day to rest and that's not the case. I would find myself struggling through a to-do list, procrastinating or just avoiding work altogether and that happened a bunch this month. So I just want to be transparent about that. Somewhat related to this also I noticed my screen time creeping up in October, specifically my time on Instagram. It seems like my tendency to distract myself goes up as I get closer and closer to what I want. I feel like that's not an isolated experience. I bet you've experienced the same thing. As I get closer and closer to what I want Clear Quartz Creative to be all about and what my product facet is going to be all about, I am throwing myself more obstacles, like distracting myself on Instagram. So I've had to put a lot of energy into keeping up my 2022 habit of, or my 2022 goal, I guess, of having my average screen time be under two hours a day. Consider that my Instagram time is usually passive, seeing as I I have not posted to my account even once in 2022, and I've only done a few stories. So it's not like a productive use of my time. Anyways, I track my daily screen time using the just like that regular feature in settings on my phone. And then I write down every day's screen time. I have a little list in my journal. And then at the end of the month, I average it all out. My goal for the year is to keep it under two hours on average. Every day I'm faced with how many minutes I have spent in passivity on Instagram. And even with this whole system in place where I actually look at the number and I write it down, I still lose time on the app and I still spend more time on it than I would like to. I've been trying to support myself here by keeping my phone in the other room, also trying to use Instagram more on on my laptop when it's for something legitimate like market research or client work. And then I'm also trying to swap out scrolling my phone for reading a book instead because I know that's that's going to feel better for me. Other non-alignment, I've really been overthinking on one single aspect of launching Facet. And and this thing that's holding me up is just thinking about when to put each issue for sale, like how long the launch period should be. Should I do pre-orders? When do I switch over from selling one issue to selling the next issue? When do I have to ship it out? Because I have to consider actual shipping here. For some reason, this has just thrown my brain for a loop. It's made it a real issue, even though it's probably not a real issue. I think it's a mindset thing, a cognitive distortion, if you will, like a roadblock that my subconscious is setting up. I can tell that this is just a me issue and not a real issue. Um, That's something that we say in this household in my family. You know, is it an issue or is it an ish me? And it's like, it is not uh, a real issue or an ish me because Everyone that I've brought this up to, this whole problem of the timing of the launching of Facet, everyone looks at me super blankly when I bring it up and I can feel myself not making sense. But here it is. My brain has decided that the thing that I should obsess over is the timing of the marketing for each issue and the timing of it in general. I'm about 99% sure that whatever I decide there doesn't actually change anything. And what I actually need to do is just try something, assess how well it worked, and then change it up 
accordingly next time. So I wanted to share this because I know this isn't just me. It's actually the most common result on my quiz, the what pattern is holding you back in business quiz. When we overfocus on one item and we stop focusing on everything else, it is often less about the thing we're focusing on and more about our brain trying to keep us safe in what we already know in what we've already experienced. So that keeps us not taking risks, not putting ourselves out there, not going after what we really want. I bet my rambling story about this proves that I really can relate to you uh, because I'm sure that you've noticed this yourself. On to the meaningful actions segment of the alignment report. I attended a ton of events in October. My first entrepreneur networking event in over six months, at least, and also some personal events. So this is the stuff where I'm like filling some of my non-work time with just things that I'm going to enjoy more. I went to see the local university concert band perform. Uh, We saw contemporary dancers performance. We went to a Mario Kart tournament at a local brewery. That was super fun. I went to an architecture talk at the university, uh, an art gallery opening, and probably a few more that... Oh yeah, I went to... Actually, my favorite event of the month was an author's panel and a reading. We have this literary prize in Canada called the Giller Prize. And the finalists went on tour to read an excerpt from each of their books. And also they had a panel discussion after. I am the kind of person who feels most alive when I'm connected to ideas. And this event was very inspiring for me. I'm so glad that I went to all of these because... Keeping up my inspiration is super important to me as a creative, and every event helps me feel that little spark of inspiration just a little, no matter what it is. Another meaningful action is that I began my second to last ever website project. Both of the projects are wrapping up before the end of the year. Normally, I make really rash decisions when I'm deciding to quit things, and so it's very rare for me to actually know something is a last or an ending while it's happening if that makes sense. So this time I know that I'm on my last two of everything. I'm on my last two sales calls. I'm on the last bit of creating the invoice and the contract, the last kickoff calls, the last time opening the Squarespace site, all of this. So for me personally, with all my years in school as a student and then as a teacher, it's very much like a leading up to Christmas break kind of feeling. Like today, I know that it's the last full month. I know it's the last gym class. Now it's the last Monday. So what I'm experiencing right now is a lot of mini celebrations as I finish tasks for what is officially the last two times. It's bringing up a lot of feelings of gratitude, like relief, honestly, because I'm very glad to be shifting the business away from websites and fully towards education products and VIP experiences. It was a long pivot, but it feels really good and it's going to be worth it. Also in October, I rewatched a course in its entirety. So I retook Primed to Launch, uh, created by Ashlyn Carter. I think that she's reworking the whole curriculum and she's relaunching it soon. I'll link to Ashlyn in, in the show notes also. She essentially teaches you in this course how to plan content around what you're launching, how to schedule it, how to create a launch calendar. I really love learning from her and I'm getting a lot out of going through this content a second time. I'm sharing this mostly... I want to remind you that sometimes you have already bought the thing that you most need right now, and there is not always a need to go out and buy another one. So a reminder to look in your existing library of courses and resources to fix the issues that you're coming up against, because you might just find what you're looking for. And on the topic of working with what you have, that's what these alignment reports are all about. 
because you can learn from listening to my personal insights for sure, but you're going to learn a lot more from making space to listen to yourself, to listen to your own insights. That's my segue. Take some time now to reflect on your October. Go over your own alignment report, even if it's just in your brain, doesn't have to be on a podcast. Note what felt good, what felt aligned, what didn't feel good or aligned, and then congratulate yourself for taking actions, the ones that really moved the needle forward in your business. And then use all of those insights to help you feel even more aligned in November. And of course, tell me how it's going. Tell me one of your meaningful actions. My DMs are always open to you as an Aligned Action Podcast listener. Thank you for listening to the Aligned Action Podcast. I hope this episode has helped you take the first step to turn your ideas and insights into income. For one-on-one guidance and done-for-you solutions, visit clearquartzcreative.co to see how we can work together. If you loved this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show. Each review helps me to help more entrepreneurs like you dig deeper and get crystal clear. Until next week, remember, you're a gem. Every intention you set and every action you take is an expression of being the brilliant business owner you already are.